in today's show. It's time to look at the waiver wire. Who's been added? Who's been dropped? Who should we add? Who should we drop? Other names that we need to discuss. There are some interesting ones. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on TikTok at the same handle and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I've got to find a way to get that that TikTok integration into that intro. It's not natural yet. I've got to get in there. It'll come. It'll come. Just that's what she said. We are going to talk waiver wire. We're going to talk about players that we should be looking at, players that others are looking at, whether they should be looking at them, all of that stuff in this show. There's a lot for us to get to. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. The most added players. Since the last time we looked at the most added players, which was about 16, 17 hours ago in the recap show yesterday. Number one is Cameron Reddish. You know why? You know why? People love points. They love points. They look at points. They go, ooh, points. Points are a big number. I like big numbers. Big numbers are good. And it is true. Big numbers are good. We do like big numbers. Reddish's last two games have been actually really good. 26-3-2 with four steals and a block. Unquestionably good. 19 points on 54% shooting. Unquestionably be good. Unfortunately, unquestionably be good. And not unquestionably be good. Unquestionably is good. Why can't I speak? What is happening? Anyway, 19 points, one rebound, one assist, and a steal and a block. That is all well and good. They are all good um, performances. Reddish's four games prior to that totaled 16 points in four games. And yes, he started all of those games. In those four previous games, he totaled one steal and one block. In those four previous games, he totaled five rebounds and four assists. In those four previous games, the highest percentage he shot from the field was 33%. In those four previous games, he got to the line four times combined and hit three of them. So the last two games have been good. Has Reddish figured it out in a two-game this two-game group? I don't know. I don't know. I, what I do know is that he has been given the chance to start here for six straight games after Thibodeau decided that Quentin Grimes would start for one game and then benched him because his foot was sore. Um, I... I don't know that I'm that interested in grabbing Reddish. It is. And like nearly most of the most of these ones, I'll take a crack at it. That is what we have a streaming spot for. The guy's hot over the last two games. Unfortunately, I've seen Reddish do this for four years where he has these little hot streaks and then it turns into nothing. Like last year where he had a stretch of 34, 18, 10, 33, 14 points for the Hawks and then had two 18, 0 and 0 and was traded. Like This happens. He does it a lot. Can he maintain a starting role? That's that's possible. But this level of production on this level of efficiency with this level of defensive stats feels really unlikely. Marvin Bagley's also been added a, a, a lot. And I get it. The Pistons do have a favorable schedule from here on out. Points leagues, it makes sense if he's going to be the starting center. The Isaiah Stewart injury does absolutely nothing 
in my opinion, for Marvin Bagley. It changes nothing for him. And he'll still be the same guy who will score. He will get rebounds. He will lack steals and blocks and assists. He will hurt you from the free throw line. And he'll be okay from the field. Not excellent, but okay. And that has value. I get that. He'll probably play 29 minutes a night as the starting center. He probably shouldn't. Shari definitely shouldn't, but he probably will. And I get it. I don't think there is very high upside in him, but we take a crack at it. Those two are the most two most added. The next one's the one you want. That's Larry Nance, I think. There is, to me, no real query about Nance's role. Yes, he's coming off the bench, but every game he plays more than Jonas Valanciunas. Now, the last two games from Nance are not a realistic representation, 22 and 19 points. But his ability to get steals, he gets assists, he gets rebounds, he can score, he can be efficient, he can block some shots. There's enough value in what Nance does, who, by the way, this season, Larry Nance is top 90. Like, already, he's top 90 in under 24 minutes. Like, I would be, I would be very happy, very happy to grab Larry Nance in every 12-team league. Points leagues, less so. Still would do it, but points leagues less so. Derek White has been added in a lot of spots. Maximum Derek. Um, I, that's mainly for today. Marcus Smart's out. Malcolm Brogdon's out. You roll with, with White. That is an obvious stream. It's a great value. We don't know if Smart and Brogdon will be out longer term. That's That makes total sense. When they're healthy, it makes no sense. But they're not healthy, so it doesn't matter. Terrence Davis, also one of the most added players. Because, of course, we love a chase. We love chasing. Terrence Davis went crazy yesterday. It was a huge performance for him in a smackdown of the Nets where he shot like 80% and played extra minutes because Keegan Murray was out. That's great. You don't have a time machine to go back and add him before that game. I don't know if Keegan Murray is going to miss time. He might. But taking a flyer is totally fine from Terrence Davis. I've seen Terrence Davis do this for a little bit of time before. It usually doesn't stick. Is Terrence Davis the guy that would replace Murray in the starting lineup? Probably. I don't. They don't really have any other options unless they go back to Casey Okpala. But that level of production on that level of efficiency has no chance of sticking. None. So I get it. It's, an, it's a chase, but long-term, it's not there. Javon Carter, that's a short-termer with Drew and um, Middleton sidelined. He's had... Two really good games, one subpar game recently. Um, there's just a lot of players injured there, so I get it. There is opportunity for Javon. Mo Bumba has been one of the most added players. People cannot quit this bloke. One, two, three, four, five. But I get it. Polo is out again. Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable. That means at a minimum 17 minutes for Bumba, maybe 26. And 26 minutes of Mo Bumba, despite how I, I believe his on-court product is bad, doesn't matter in fantasy when he is the only option and he will get those minutes and he will produce. He will do it. So he's worth adding. When Paolo comes back and if Wendell is is back or plays, we don't know at this point, then he's not a rotation player. Bumba, like he was he was barely he was barely getting minutes. But the last four, 20, 24, 19, 22, with Paolo out, good. It's useful. And if Wendell misses, you do it, you add him. And we figure it out later. And then one of the other most added players is the cockroach, Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is not going to blow us away with high upside. He, he just isn't, I don't think. But he is going to be at least reliable enough with some rebounds, with some out-of-position assists, with some good field goal percentage, that it makes sense. He's not blowing us away where Bumba's upside might hit, where maybe you hope Reddish is a 20-point-per-game scorer, 
where Davis might get a short bump with Murray out. Plumlee's not that. But if you understand the weaknesses, the punt free throw, the strengths, the rebounds, the assists, the, the um, field goal percentage, and it makes sense on your team, why not? The role's locked in. Mark Williams isn't taking it. Big Dick Nick Richards isn't taking it. Plumlee's taking it. That's it. It's just him. So there is a level of role security for Plumlee, which does make him um, somewhat, somewhat appealing. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when life isn't working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. We all have things that are going on in our life, personal issues, whether that's work or family or school. And sometimes we just need that extra bit of help to help us get through those things. BetterHelp therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. Isn't that beautiful? BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Not one person can sit here and say, you know what? Nothing has ever bothered me. I've never had issues with trying to cope with certain situations in my life. And I, I can tell you that from personal experience, like having a therapist to help you go through those things makes it infinitely easier doesn't, doesn't fix everything at all times, but it helps and improves you. And that is what we're always striving to do. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Cool. Let's look at the most dropped players in fantasy basketball. Norman Powell. He's really having a stinker, isn't he? You know what? It doesn't annoy me because I go out here and try to make pronouncements on every player in the NBA at all times and every year and all this stuff. And I look at Norman Powell over the last few years and go, man, I don't know. I don't think he can maintain being a 50% shooter, 43% from three. At some point, he's not going to stick. I don't believe he's this guy. And then it happens for two straight years. And you go, well, okay, All right, I'm wrong. And then you admit it, that you're wrong. And then he turns into a bad shooter again. Happened with Terry, it's happening with Terry Rozier at the moment in Charlotte as well. Powell's role is up and down. Yes, Luke Kennard did leave last game and Kawhi Leonard's out. But if those two guys are playing, like Powell's not, he's a guy that requires volume. Because he doesn't do it in assists or, or rebounds. He's not a big steals guy. Like, he needs volume and usage. And I don't think he's going to get it. Drop him. No worries. Santi Aldama, that's the easiest jack of all time. Get that garbage out of here! Tyus Jones. Jack him as well. Like, he's an obvious stream when Jar is out. People did hold with Bane Siler, and they thought that he would get the bulk of those minutes. It wasn't him. It was Lil John Concha. Um, okay! which I think was relatively predictable. He did play a little bit of, of crossover with Jar, but he's only going to be a streamer. Reggie Jackson, absolutely only 100% a streamer for 12s. You don't roster him in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues. You don't hold him. When the Clippers play on a low-volume day, and they do a lot, when they play on a low-volume day, you try it out. You say RIP in pieces to my field goal percentage, but you try it out. I don't know why everyone has dropped Goldfinger Charlie Bassey. I mean, I do know why, because people are impatient. The reason we added... Charlie Bassey is because the Spurs play five games this week. Right. That's that's why we added him. They've played two. They've got three to go. 
seems seems a little bit impatient to have um, dropped him after those first two. I, if you added him for the for the week, why would you drop him after two games when there's three more to go? I don't really understand, and it's not like like his first two games have been bad. Like over the first two days of this week, obviously a small sample size, but on a per game basis, he's a top 100 player out of the however many players have played. How many players have played over these first two days? There's been 235 players play um, at least a minute over the last two days. The lowest ranked player is RJ Barrett, um, and Bassey's 90th. That's that's fine. I don't know what you were expecting. He was top 60. He, that wasn't going to stick. There was no way. But anyway, what am I ranting about? Just hold on to Charles Bassey for the rest of this week. Royce O'Neal. Hmm. Much like when I talked about Norman Powell, I was pretty skeptical about what O'Neal was doing to start this season. Like, I don't know if this is going to stick. And he was bad yesterday. And it had started to drop off. I'm not sure I'd be that quick to drop Royce O'Neal, but... I have maintained, and I will still maintain, that I do not think that Royce O'Neal, by the time we hit like Christmas, will be a 12-team league guy. He'll be an afterthought. He'll be a guy we stream in. He'll be a Reggie Jackson, a Tyus Jones, someone we stream in. A little bit early maybe to cut bait, but people react. And when you talk about buy lows and sell highs and waiver moves, people react. Seth Curry played poorly yesterday. See you later, Seth, apparently. Malik Beasley didn't have 20 points in seven threes. See you later, Malik. Were they just streamers for yesterday? I guess that's possible. I think if I added Seth, I would hold. If I had Royce, I would hold. If I had Malik, I would hold. But as in all of these scenarios, if these are your worst players, and it is entirely possible that O'Neal or Seth or Malik Beasley are your worst player, then they're droppable. That's a simple rule in nearly every situation. Your worst player is droppable. So you can go and add Larry Nance or try out Cam Reddish or try out Marvin Bagley or try out someone who you can get value out of, like Charles Bassey, who again shouldn't have been dropped because he's still got three more games this week. But that is a general rule that I think is something we it's good to apply. But some interesting names on that list nonetheless. Let's look at guys who I think are droppable. Now, no matter how many disclaimers I give with every show, like even yesterday, the buy low, sell high show, where I spent you know, five minutes, it wasn't five minutes, but talking about, hey, this is not everyone. This is not an exclusive list um, of buy low, sell highs. Comments. Isn't Anthony Edwards buy low? Like, Sure, but he wasn't on my list that I did. And like this here, this doesn't mean go out and go, I'll drop him. Got to drop him. Absolutely have to drop him. That's not what this means at all. It's not what it means. What it means is that if you've got them, I don't think that there's value in holding them necessarily through all the ups and downs, more downs than ups. But it's totally okay if you do. Most of the time, you're not dropping someone for the sake of dropping them. You're dropping them because you want to add someone. You're dropping them because you want to stream. And if you don't have that ability there to do it, then you hold them. Let's go through the first four on this list are more category specific. The bottom four are more points league specific. Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think it's worth holding him. He's injured. His minutes were low. His production was low. Is it worth the headache? Almost definitely not. Can you slot him in IR? Then do it. Otherwise, I think he's droppable. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Now, this is a classic example of he is droppable, but let's wait and see what happens with Keegan Murray here. But if Murray is fine with his back injury, the upside value of Barnes is so low that the roster-clogging nature of his stat set, it's not worth holding. It's totally okay to have him. 
And it is worth holding to see through the Murray injury stuff, what happened with his back to see what we do with Barnsley. But he's not a must. Dorian Finney-Smith. Big game yesterday. Really big game. And it seems stupid to say, hey, you know what? Dorian Finney-Smith is a drop after he, what, he hit seven triples yesterday? Yeah, but like every other game has been bad outside of like one or two. And we don't have a time machine to go back and go, wow, that was great. Look at Finney Smith yesterday. How good is it? Like, I don't think he's worth holding. And then Jalen McDaniels. He's had moments. He's had big shooting stretches. He's had big defensive stat stretches. This is the Charlotte one. And yes, Gordon Haywood is still out. But it's not going to last for McDaniels. LaMelo ball coming back does hurt him because it means Rogier plays more at the two than not at the one. Uh, Ubre plays more at the three and not at the two. And it impacts McDaniels. And he's totally okay. Like, I would have him over Brogdon and Finney Smith and probably over Barnes. They're close. But he's not a long-term must-hold player. And then for points leagues, again, some of these names, you'll look at and go, what? What? Bol, bol, bol. Why would you be dropping bol, bol? And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in a points league, it's not a good time to drop bol now because Palo's out, Wendell Carter's out. But there are so many players set to return for Orlando and in the Yahoo Points League, Bowl has nowhere near the value that he has in a category league. These are Points League droppable players. Bowl this season is 118th in a Points League. Like 127th over the last two weeks. He's averaging like 25 fantasy points, which is okay. But it doesn't put him in. Wow. Unbelievable. League winner. Got to hold on. It doesn't. It's fringe. It's not top 100. It's not top 120. I don't think he finishes top 150 in a Points League. So first of all, you try to trade him because of the hype around Bol. Some would say the hyper Bol. Um, but that's not a must-roster player. Same goes for De'Anthony Melton. We like the value of De'Anthony Melton, who has struggled with Harden out. But that's more category league-based. In a points league, like what does he do? He's 122nd over the last two weeks. He's the same. He's like a 24 fantasy point scorer which is going to drop to probably under 21, 22. And that's not worth holding through everything. So in a points league, the value is not there. Monte Morris is a droppable player, probably in category leagues as well as points leagues. But most definitely in points leagues, you don't want to hold on to Monte Morris. Monte Morris's upside is low and his floor is very low too. And his excitement level is off the charts low. So do not bother with holding on to Monte Morris in 12-team points leagues. And then there's Jaden McDaniels. Jaden. Jalen for category leagues. Jaden for points leagues. Jaden McDaniels, his value comes in being named Jaden like everyone else in the NBA, but also comes from the, the fact that he gets steals and blocks. And in points leagues, it just doesn't matter that much. It just doesn't matter. He's 152nd in points leagues this season. McDaniels in 30 minutes. He's averaging 22 fantasy points. Like, there are stretches he'll be better, like the last three games where he's averaging 29. But I don't expect him to be doing that all the time. I think he's like a 20 to 23 fantasy point per game player. And in general, streaming in a roster spot average of a guy averaging 22, you can find someone to play five games for the week getting 20 points. And that's better than an average of three and a half games a week at 22. So that's what you do. And they other guys that we are looking to, um, or our potential drop players. If you're sweating over the decision to drop players, 
then you might need Sweatblock. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. Old mate Christopher, do you know what he did? This crazy bloke. He wore a sweater every day to school, even in the hot Texas summers, because apparently in Texas, we go to school in the summer. He did it to try and hide his sweat. He can now wear any shirt without sweating, thanks to Sweatblock. Thanks, Sweatblock. You solved my sweater problem in the hot Texas summers. But for real, Sweatblock's great. You put it on, the wipes, wipe under your pitties, under your boobies, and you're done. It covers you for seven days. And you don't have to worry about embarrassing sweat stains or embarrassing marks. People go, oh, what's that? And you go, oh, don't worry. I'm just sweating. You don't have to worry about that because Sweatblock will block all that stuff out. Hence the name, Sweat and Block. Sweatblock wipes were invented by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. It's called the Sweatblock Dry Shirt Guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweater odor, try Sweatblock. Risk-free today. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It is also available from Jeffrey Bezos over at Amazon. So let's look at some waiver wire players. These are all guys who I think are top 100 players who are available in over 20% of leagues on Yahoo. They might not be available in your league, but remember, I am not and you might hope that this is the case, I am not doing this show specifically for you. I am doing this show for the thousands and thousands of people who watch it. So for you, these guys might be rostered. And to that, I say, well done, your league is on the ball. But that is not the case for everybody. So let's go through these names. that You've got to go look at your wave and I go, hmm, are these guys around? Why are they? They shouldn't be. For categories, Kelly Linick, Josh the Hitman Hart, Mike Conley and Jalen Suggs. Yes, Jalen Suggs. I do believe Jalen Suggs is a must-roster player, but I do understand that there are drawbacks to him with the percentage issues. But I still believe that he is a must-roster player. In points leagues, these guys to me are pretty clearly must-roster in a points league because the percentage issues they have don't impact you. Jaden Ivey, really straightforward. Jalen Suggs, yes, again. John Wall, Yes, he will miss back-to-backs, but his ability to rack up some of the counting stats, the points and assists, is useful in points leagues. It is useful in category leagues, but his negatives are quite weighty downwards, and that can impact his overall must-roster ability. But in points leagues, go for it. And, yes, Jabari Smith Jr., despite him sucking, despite him being a bust, despite him being so passive and useless and not aggressive and a pussy and whatever else you want to say, he's a 150th-ranked player in points leagues. I feel pretty confident in saying there's only one way he can go, and that's up. So, yeah, Jabari Smith, to me, is a must-roster player. Let's look at some hot players. I'm not going to make the same mistake I did last time. These are players who are top 100 players over the last week that we need to look at. Marjon Beauchamp. Yeah, he went crazy last game. Um, There is opportunities here with Middleton and Drew and Grayson and Wes and a million other wings and Connaughton and bloody Ingles, and everyone's out for the Bucks. They might not all be out because at this point, I'm looking at things. Drew might return and Pat Connaughton's going to return. But there are still minutes there for Beauchamp. Do I look at him as a guy that has to be rostered? Probably not. A couple of Wizards. Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert. Avdia's played really well lately, but Beal is going to return and that's going to put a a big kibosh on the value of these guys, especially on Kispert, but even the upside of Avdia. So while they are top 100 over the last week, Kispert and Avdia, I don't think we really need to do much with them. Edmund Sumner, somehow he's been top 100. I don't really know why that would be the case. or Well, I do know why. I can go look at his numbers. But I don't have any expectation that's going to stick. Corey is going to come back, we assume, at some point soon. And Sumner's value is done. Delano Banton, 
fueled by that gigantic game. I think he had like 12 fourth quarter points in that game against the Pistons. But that was without Van Vliet and without Gaz Trent. I know that we love to hope on things. Hopium, copium, whatever the kids say. I don't know. One of those two things. Oh, but baby, maybe he can just play 26 minutes a night and still be good. Like, probably not though. Like, probably not. So, yes, he's top 100. No, I don't think we need to do anything with it. Emmanuel quickly is the interesting one because if there was any other coach in the in the world who was coaching the Knicks, I'd say, you know what? They'd recognize that quickly for multiple seasons in a row has been able to do this off the bench and to stabilize them and to save their shit starters every year, every week, all the time it happens. But of course, um, Captain Comover, Thomas Thibodeau, keeps him on the bench and in a fluctuating role, not, not overnight. So any other situation, you go, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. But when that matter of time stretches to three, sorry, kids, fucking years, then I'm not going to bother with it. Like This is a great little run from Quick. Go and add him. But I don't trust this bloke at all. Not him, his coach, to play him regular minutes. I, I don't. It's crazy. Introducing a new segment here on the Thursday Waiver Wire Show. For the rest of the week, not including Wednesday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, who are some interesting guys who can provide value for us over that time frame? And this is mainly not even including Friday as well because Friday is the high-volume game. So who are the guys we look at that play on the Thursday, Saturday, Sunday who can provide value? The Spurs guys are obvious. Jeremy Sohan, Joshy Richardson, of course, Charlie Bassey if he was dropped. Uh, Marvin Bagley. Yes, I am recommending Marvin Bagley because there are two quality games coming from Bagley in the final four days of the week. Malik Monk, yes. Doug McDermott, Seth Curry, Alec Burks. Alec Burks. And Killian Hayes. Although, if Cunningham returns earlier, then Burks and Hayes lose their value. And some other names that are worth talking about. The Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, Bones looks like he's going to return, but Jokic is out. And I think that does actually help Brown. He can play at center. I don't think he will, but he can. He's worth having. The Bronco. Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. He's thereabouts. He's not quite there. He's getting more minutes. I don't know if Dagnall will persist with playing him 30. He absolutely should. I don't mind grabbing him and holding and seeing, but I wouldn't be doing it with gigantically sky-high hopes. But it's trending the right direction. Chris Boucher should be rostered everywhere at this point, and that will change later on, but for now he should be. Um, we've got... Uh, Lil John Concha. Yeah! With Bane out, he's got category league value, less so in points, but his ability to get some rebounds, some assists, some steals, usually be relatively efficient, has some category league appeal. He's only a fringe guy. Brandon Clark's a name that's worth looking at just because people are going to talk about what he did last game. But remember, Stephen Adams had 3,003 minutes to start that game, and that enabled Clark to rack up 21 first half minutes. And I think he's played 30 minutes like four times in his career. And that was one of those games was yesterday. So I don't think I'd rush to add Brandon Clark personally. I don't think it had really had anything to do with the fact that there were there is some positing that the fact, the reason he got more minutes is because he was back with Jaron Jackson. And, and I, I don't agree with that. To me, the reason he got those extra minutes is because Steven Adams was in foul trouble. And that's why he played 20 on first half minutes. In the second half, Valanciunas on the other side was in foul trouble, so they went extremely small. And it was just Larry Nance who was going up against. So, And they rewarded him for some pretty good play. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't be, rushing, um, wouldn't be rushing to add Brandon Clark for that, that reason. He didn't... Let's have a look. How many minutes does he actually play with Jaron Jackson? He crossed over like one minute 
in the first quarter. Crossed over a little bit in that second quarter. I honestly don't think it was... I think he's yeah, like he's still playing like exclusively as a backup center. And yeah, he didn't even when Jaron went off in the after his five minute stint in the third quarter, it was Aldama that replaced him, not Clark. I don't know. I I could be wrong. I don't think the minutes were because Jackson was there. Jalen Duran's a name that's worth watching. People think he's gonna get a big boost with Stewart out. I don't agree. I would like him to. And I would like him to play more than Marvin Bagley, but I don't think Dwayne Casey's going to do it. And I don't think Stewart's absence means there's any extra minutes for Duran. Thad Young, I do think he's worth having for now, especially if he's going to start over Coloco. I think that's a short-term add. And then the other name that is being talked about a lot is Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. It is without doubt that he is being replaced by Larry Nance. Not as a starter, but that doesn't matter. But every game, you will expect him to play fewer minutes than Nance. Now, Zion is out again today. I would not be surprised if Valanciunas doesn't get into some foul trouble that if he does play equal to or more than Nance to give them a little bit of an offensive spark. Part of the reason of his low minutes is, in my opinion, the weird fit with Zion. Some of it's the bad defense, but pairing him with Zion amplifies the bad defense. So without Zion out there, maybe, and with the shooting of Trey Murphy, maybe you get a little bit more Valanciunas. So I am holding him for now. If he plays like 20 minutes again in this game without Zion, without foul trouble, then it's really hard for me to see him ever pushing above 22 again. But I am holding him for now. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. And on YouTube, thumb it up, leave a comment. Check out Locked On Sports today as well. All the big stories across the NBA, the NFL, all sports with hosts from the Locked On Podcast Network. That's Locked On Sports today. Wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.